This podcast is part of E2C Network, where we share the whole Auburn experience. Hello, and welcome to War Horses, the only college equestrian podcast that's able to work in a bunch of presidential puns into its analysis. I am your host, Auburn Elvis. Let's talk about some college equestrian. Happy President's Day to all who celebrate. This episode won't actually air until after President's Day, but I hope uh, you had a nice day off from work or whatever else it is you avoided doing on Monday. And that's enough of Biden our time. Let's get on to the Meet the Recap. Now, Saturday featured three big meets, the first of which was Texas A&M at TCU. Number three at number two, big meet here. I bet you're wondering how it went. Well, son, let me tell you. I don't want to put the carter before the horse, but I'll go ahead and say it was a big day for TCU. Now, I'm sure the Aggies felt good going into this one, but they didn't know there was trouble Van Buren. The day started off with fences, and if you were a fences rider with purple on your collar, you won your point. TCU's fences team was so in tune, it was like watching the Jackson 5 out there. Next up was raining, and the hits kept on coming. They won that event 3-2, making the halftime score a whopping 8-2 lead for TCU. Up next was flat, and here again, TCU took the majority of points, winning 3-2. So by this point, the meet was over, but the Frogs were out for blood, and they just kicked the Aggies right in the Nixon, or I mean the Johnson. Can we say Johnson on here? Anyway, horsemanship went 4 to nothing for TCU, and this put an end to Texas A&M's misery by a score of 15-4 to for the Horned Frogs. This was a great home win for TCU. Texas A&M had a lot of talent, but they just got blasted to Adams. Heck, they got blasted to John Quincy Adams on Saturday. Uh, But yeah, after a loss like this, you just have to cleave and move on to the next meet. And so that's what we'll do too. The next meet is Georgia at Auburn. Now, as many of you know, I like to go through the lineups as soon as they're posted and create those cute little matchup favorite graphics for all the big meets. And what tends to slow me down doing that is that sometimes it's hard to get those out quick enough to make those graphics before the rides actually get started. It's even worse when I'm on the road and we have a whole bunch of meets going on together. Well, Saturday I was out driving my car into Auburn to get ready and one of the rider's moms sent me an image of the lineups. So I pull over the car, I click on the Lincoln, open up the score sheet image and go do those matchups. So I had done the TCU-Texas A&M one, and then I started in on the Auburn-Georgia one. And that one took me so long uh, that I was pushing being late, getting to over there before everything got started. So I said, the heck with it, I won't do Baylor and Oklahoma State. Now I know it's a little bush league of me not to go and do matchups for all the big meets, but I was running behind, so I guess I'm just bush league, I guess. I might need to look into increasing my staff. Anyway, I made it to the Equestrian Center just as the National Anthem was playing, so everything was good. It was cool, beautiful dry day, a little windy. And that makes me wonder, on these dry, dusty days, do you think the team managers that handle these uniforms have to wash a ton after that? I bet they do. Anyway, I'm off topic. The first event of the day was flat. Here, both teams looked good, and Auburn edged out Georgia, winning 3-2. to two. Meanwhile, over and raining, the same thing was pretty much happening. Both teams rode well, and Auburn won it 3-2. to two. So at the half, Auburn had a slight 6-4 to four lead. Now, I will grant you that the two events coming up tend to be Auburn's best, but we have seen meets where Auburn under- underperformed in those, and the stats suggested that things were going to be close in the second half. But Obama, I could not be more wrong. 
Vince has got going to start the second half, and this is where Auburn looked so good. Auburn's Ellie Ferrigno had the MLP ride, and it was as smooth as a rose of velvet. Now, I will say, Emma Kurtz had a great ride too, but I don't know if hers was quite as smooth as a rose of velvet. She was going up against Georgia's best fences rider, but Emma is as coolidge they come. As fences went on, I was also going to go around and meet some folks. I met the new AD's wife. She was very nice. And right after that, Eisenhower section of the bleachers over by the Fancy Bridge People's Lounge. And so I ran into a friend of the podcast, Jen. She was visiting from Texas, and she started telling me about her big day in Auburn, how she had come in. She had a lot of stuff to do. She said, I came to see this here at the equestrian meet. I've got to go see McKinn, leave in time for the baseball game, and I hope to run into Clint and Autumn at Plainsman Park. So while we were chatting, fences finished up with Auburn taking that event 4-0, to and that meant that the meet was essentially over before horsemanship points had even been awarded. So over we go to the Western Ring to see how those horsemanship points went. This event also went pretty big for Auburn. Four of the points were won by Auburn. Uh, there was one tie that went to Madison Pardoon. Now, at this point, the meet is basically over, and when this happens, I try to go around and meet people because there's no stress. I like to go say hi to the riders' families, so I looked around for Monica Pardoon. I did not see her or her husband, Jeff, or son, Caleb. I'll hopefully run into them next time. Uh, also, both of the Tordoff girls got points here. It was just a good day for all of the Auburn sisters, so not only did the Tordoffs win their point, but so did Caroline and Kate Buchanan as well. So after all these points, the final score was 14-4 to Auburn. Then it was time for all the MOPs to get together and do their best Marilyn Monroe's as their names get called. It was good to see freshman Fredenberg get her first MOP, and it might behoove her to start practicing her parade wave. So after that, the meet was all done. I had to get back onto my computer so I could check in on the other meet that was going on while I authored my Sports Illustrated story. This meet was just what Auburn needed to get the taste of that A&M lost out of their mouths. The Tigers have two more meets left this season, both at home. For Georgia, they seem to have hit a ceiling lately, but with SMU coming to Bishop this Friday, they have a perfect chance to get that breakthrough win that this year's team really needs. So while I'm writing my recap article, I was also trying to follow along with the other meet that was going on, Oklahoma State at Baylor, and it looked like that meet had a bunch of rewrites, so everything was taking a long time. I guess sometimes they ride harding to those turns, and it's tough to judge if a mistake was up to the rider or the horse, so they just give everybody a do-over. But in spite of all the slowdowns, uh, this turned into a very exciting meet. Horsemanship was the first event, and the visiting cowgirls jumped out to a quick 3-1 lead. Fences also had started in Oklahoma State looked even better here, winning that event 4-1. So, at the half, OSU had a commanding 7-2 lead. Now, after halftime, somebody must have poked the bear because Baylor woke up, and in the second half, they were eating up points like Garfield goes after lasagna. The flat was next, and here, Baylor won it 4-1. Okay, so now the score is 8-6. Things are getting close, and they would get even closer. In reigning, the Bears would take two more points and then tie everything up at 8-8. Yes, Things are getting crazy now. Uh, But then, of course, OSU would get two more points of those last three, and they escaped with a close 10-9 victory. So for OSU, this was a big road victory. Um, And like we've seen, road wins are very tough to come by. So defeating Baylor on the road means that um, they are now set up, uh, Oklahoma State is, they are set up for them to possibly take control of the Big 12 race. But we're going to talk more about that a little bit later. So this has been this week's Meet Recaps. Meet, recaps. Meet, recaps. Meet, recaps.
recap. So with those scores in the record books, now let's turn our attention to the impact that they are going to have on the rankings. Now this season I have been Harrison and Harrison the NCA for their rankings and I am really hoping they finally see the light of reason. The top two teams, SMU and TCU, are set for now with no arguments from me. So the next team, Texas A&M, they might drop below number four, Auburn. Honestly, I could go either way here. Auburn has a pair of wins over Georgia that A&M does not, but that loss to UC Davis is still an anchor around Auburn's neck until the Tigers probably get one more big win. So I would say leave those alone for one more week, which means the NCAA almost certainly will not leave them alone. They have recency bias. So they're going to love the heck out of that Auburn win, and they're just going to punish Texas A&M for that loss, even though it was on the road. And uh, they'll probably move Auburn up to three and and Texas A&M down to four. Not too bad, I understand it, but it's just not what I would do. Next, the NCAA has Georgia at number five, which is laughable. Oklahoma State should be at number five, and they will be there after their recent two big wins over Georgia and Baylor in as many weeks. Uh, This means Georgia should be number six, and South Carolina should stay at number seven. Uh, That also means Baylor would stay at number eight. Then those next two teams in the NCAA ranking need to be flipped. Uh, The NCAA has Fresno State at number nine, but UC Davis should be number nine because of that big win they had over Auburn. Fresno State should be number 10 because their biggest win is over a Baylor team that is having some trouble getting wins right now. And that was the impact of this week's meets on the rankings. Now, after the break, we're going to get you ready for next week's big slate of meets. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, we're back. Now, let's do some meat previews. We've got a lot of meats coming up this weekend, but we're going to do things a little differently this time. Top Rank SMU is going out on the road for a trip through most of the SEC, so I want to pierce the veil of ignorance and dive into the nerd stats surrounding SMU's upcoming three-meat trifecta. To do this, I went and grabbed the event win rate for the five best riders in each event for SMU and also for the three teams that they'll be facing, South Carolina, Georgia, and Auburn. In fences, SMU's best riders average 3.5 points per meet. Now that is below Auburn's 3.83, but above South Carolina's 3.1 and Georgia's 2.9 points per meet. So the Mustangs should score more in fences than everybody but Auburn. On the flat, SMU scores an average of 3.65 points, and that's really, really good. It's better than Georgia's 3.52, Carolina's 3.15, and Auburn's 3 points per meet. So here, look for SMU to do better than probably Auburn and Carolina, with Georgia their biggest rival in this event. On we go to horsemanship. Here, SMU averages an eye-opening 4 points per meet, with Auburn next in line with 3.22 points. Georgia is after them with 2.78, and Carolina down at 2.14 points per meet in this event. So horsemanship is where the Mustangs should outshine everybody, even Auburn's stellar squad. And for the last event reigning, SMU averages 2.68 points per meet, with Auburn next at 2.24, South Carolina at 1.97, and Georgia with 1.83 points per meet. 
Now here again, SMU has the advantage, but all of these teams are under three points, so reigning could really be the deciding event for SMU in a lot of these meets. So when we put it all together, here's how the overall averages go. SMU's best riders average 13.9 points per meet, Auburn's average 12.29, Georgia's average 11.03, and South Carolina's average 10.37. So at face value, things do look good for the Mustangs. However, most teams do much better at home than they do away. How much better? Well, in SMU's case, their points per meet goes up to 14.63 at home, and it drops down to 11.4 on the road. That's a little bit more than a three-point swing, and that can be huge. Now, against South Carolina, that's probably not going to mean very much. In fact, South Carolina does better on the road than they do at home. I know that sounds strange, but it's true, man. Riding on the road is a big disadvantage. But a good team can trump that. And against the Gamecocks, I think SMU wins probably 12-8. to 8. But when they face off against Georgia, I think being on the road will make a much bigger difference. I think this one is going to be very close. Probably a tile or maybe one point win for the Mustangs. It's against Auburn that SMU should be the most worried. Auburn tends to do much better at home, as evidenced by their incredible home winning streak that's up to 26 meets now, I believe. If SMU had ridden more road meets in the fall, I would feel more optimistic about their chances. But with Auburn's projected points rising up from an average of 12.29 to 14.63 when they're at home, I think SMU is going to be in a tough spot. And I think it's going to catch up to them with Auburn winning about 13-7. So we'll see. If nothing else, it should be great weather this weekend, warm and sunny, not hazy. So in addition to those big SMU meets, we also have a nice slate of action elsewhere around the country. Getting things started on Thursday, we have Bridgewater at Sweetbriar. Fresh off of their defeat of Lynchburg, I think the Vixens are going to continue to be tough at home. Hopefully, we'll get to see Paige Kennedy ride on the flat, but even if we don't, I expect this one to go heavily for Sweetbriar, probably 7-1. to one. After that, Sweetbriar will also host Dartmouth. This will probably play out similarly to the earlier meet, with Sweetbriar winning something like 5-2. The next day doesn't get any easier for the Big Green as they head over to nearby Lynchburg on Friday. I expect the Hornets to win 7-1. Now our next meet is UT Martin up at South Dakota State. The Skyhawks should do well enough to win, but look for the Jackrabbits to make it very close. I think this one ends up to be about a 9-7 UT Martin win. The next meet is UC Davis versus UT Martin up there in South Dakota. The Aggies have started getting some attention from the NCAA voters, but they can't afford to lose their focus now. Beating UT Martin at a neutral site should put to rest any doubt as to which is better between those two teams, and I am really counting on the Aggies to get the win here. I think they'll do it. Aggies by two over the Skyhawks. Now after that, UC Davis will face the host, South Dakota State, on Saturday. This is a bit of a trap meet for UC Davis. South Dakota State could get the better of them if the Aggies are not careful, but I think Davis will prevail probably by about four or five points. The last meet of the weekend is TCU at Oklahoma State. Now, I will grant you the Horned Frogs looked great recently, but keep in mind this is a road meet and this is tailor-made for Oklahoma State to get the upset. TCU has the better team on paper, but they will need to maintain a laser focus that they had this weekend and be locked in like a Reagan to get the win in Stillwater. 
In the end, I think being on the road will be too tough for the frogs and that they'll fall about 11 to 9 to the cowgirls. And that has been our meat preview. Woo! What an episode this has been. Once again, I want to remind everyone to follow along with me during these meets for the best stats-based matchup predictions that you'll find anywhere in the country. Also, like I said, I'll be in Auburn again this weekend, so come on by and say hello if you're in the area. I'm Auburn Elvis. I thank you very much for listening and War Horses. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.